Shelf Talk with Louis, Umnir, and Ali, live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Center Sharjah. Yes, we are live with you today from Shelf Talk right here at the Sharjah International Book Fair from Expo Center Sharjah. It has been such an exciting day so far, and it's only about to get even more exciting. We've got a lot of exciting conversations coming up, and with the Sharjah International Book Fair, you're not just coming across a lot of books, a lot of workshops and activities and interesting sessions with many speakers, but you're also getting to learn a lot of life skills mm -hmm. because people are coming from different walks of life and they have so much to share. And if you have actually been struggling with motivation and finding purpose, today is your lucky day because we're going to be talking all about how purpose and values actually affect productivity. Joining us today is Adela Shikar. She is basically the co-author of a very interesting book known as The End of Procrastination that basically tackles uh, this issue that we all truly face. Uh, it basically helps give you a lot of strategies on how you can go ahead and stop putting off your work and how we can go ahead and reclaim Because yeah, I'm a bad procrastinator, by I the mean, way. One thing she said the minute she walked in is, we all go through it. So yes. if you're one who tends to procrastinate often, don't feel like you're missing out. Don't feel like you're the only I, one on this earth. I don't tend to procrastinate. Are you sure? I tend to occasionally get some work done. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> he flipped the entire thing. Perfect client in denial. Yeah. <laughs> Adela, it's been such a joy having you here with us. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for inviting me and for just tackling the topic and talking openly about things. I love it. Uh, Adela, can you talk to us a little bit about your book? Who is it catered mainly towards? So, uh, probably not the best thing, but I want to say it's catered to everybody because mm. all of us have a tendency to procrastinate one thing or another. We either procrastinate our dreams, we just sit on our couch, we, we, know, we know what we want, but we're not doing anything for it. Mm. Or on the other hand, we just do so much, but we don't know why we're doing it. And so either you're procrastinating your dreams or maybe finding a little bit of time to just discover what they are. Mm -hmm. Because the long-term motivation really is understanding your vision, your values, and then work for them. That, that motivates you, that inner thing, not the goals, not the models on the fridges and the big cars and the big houses. It's more your innate values and something you stand behind. So all of us procrastinate, sadly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you think um, potentially the fear of that goal, of actually getting there and achieving it, could potentially cause someone to procrastinate? 100%, especially if you set the goals really high. There is something in psychology known the head, called as hedonic adaptation, meaning that you get to dream of a goal, you're super unhappy until you have it, then you get it, then you're really happy for a little bit, mm. but then you want something bigger. That's the society we live in. So you want the newest iPhone 17 or 18 or whatever it is now. Whatever we're on nowadays. Exactly, <laughs> so you're dreaming, dreaming, and then until you use it, like until you get it, you're sad. Then you get your phone, happy for a day, and then that's it, until you break it or lose it, obviously, then it's <laughs> the most sacred position. But this hedonic adaptation, this putting the goals too high, not achieving them or being scared to achieve them, that really helps the procrastination. And have you got any tips or tricks that someone can implement on their everyday life to put off procrastinating and actually get some stuff done? I think that the best one, or two of my favorite ones, one, do the first thing that's the most difficult right in the morning. Mm. You know why an army, they tuck their beds and, and you know complete them and make them all nice and fluffy. Nobody cares in the war. But just because you do something first thing in the morning, it's a thing, it's a habit, that the same way helps. So if you need to go to the dentist, talk to your boss, talk to your wife or husband, do this thing first in the morning if it's a difficult thing. And second, have one or two priorities. The moment you have more than one or two, you have no priorities whatsoever. Mm. So I try to always for one day be, this is just my one thing. Less is more. Exactly. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I like that too. 
I think it puts things uh, into perspective. But why do you think people have a tendency to procrastinate? So I think it's the world that we live in. It's just so many destructions. So many things are happening around us. If you would talk to somebody in the 1800s, they would tell you, wow, you live in this era of book fairs and friends and connecting with everybody, shopping malls full of things. But have you ever gone to buy one orange juice when you're tired and there are 30 brands and you have <laughs> yeah, no idea yeah. what's happening? Yeah. This is called the decision paralysis. Even if you have all the great options in front of you, you're still paralyzed. And the moment you have to pick between one or two options, you rather pick nothing. Mm. Am I gonna go running or yoga? Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you would mention Netflix because like, even if I'm doing something that I enjoy, you know, even on Netflix, I find myself going on social media, yeah. checking out Instagram and stuff like that. So is there some kind of dopamine, I don't know what it's called, that we yeah. crave? It's weak. That's the thing. It's a cheap dopamine. So it's not the good one from experiences and deeper connections. It's a cheap dopamine. And you're so used to Netflix that it's not enough. So either selecting, like if somebody would tell you, watch a documentary. No, you're going to scroll through all the movies you've seen, probably going to play an episode of Friends or something you've seen 20 <laughs> times. And then that's not entertaining enough, not enough dopamine. So of course you're going to get on the phone and start scrolling into social media. So yeah it's the today's world and then all the notifications all the beeps all the you know we have this fomo we have this fear of missing out and and we know like we've heard all those tricks we yeah. know what to do but we're not doing it because the cheap dopamine the little scroll scroll yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so good and i do it too by the way listeners i, I know i wrote a book about it but we all we all it's tough it's tough. very tough, um, but I'm sure a lot of us also want to know a little bit more about your writing process. Now, your book, End of Procrastination, was actually co-authored with Peter Ludwig, and a lot of people might not know, but when two authors write a book, it is not that easy of a process sometimes. So can you talk to us a little bit about the pros and cons of doing that, and what was basically the biggest benefit and the biggest struggle when you did mm -hmm. it? Wow, uh, working with anybody on anything, uh, you really have to click it and, and all. Uh, very strangely, me and Peter, when we got together, we were two people that could not be more different, but Ooh. we really had the same values. We really wanted to bring what science knows and bring it to people to sort of, you know, cover the gap between all those things like, oh, my grandma told me this or my mom told me this or something and really bring the scientific research. So we clicked on that, not on the way how we work together. Um, so the book actually came up as, and I don't want to leave out the team because it was a team of us who, mm -hmm. who made the book happen. We had a company. We were already training companies, helping them with time management, with motivation, with prioritization, with some processes. And a Czech, because I'm originally from Czech, Czech Republic, a Czech publisher um, addressed us and told Peter, how about you write a book? How mm. about you put all that in the book and you sort of add a little pictures and you know make it, make it readable? We always say that the book can be read by a 15 year old, 90 year old, can be read at the toilet, by the way, you know, it's a good, <laughs> good little reminder of what to do. Yeah. Um, and so so he, he wrote it in check with the team and then I say, hey, listen, this, this book is gonna be loved by everybody. So how about we translate it? How about we tweak it a little, bring some things, bring new resources, Research, reach out to the universities, to the professors. And it's been translated like for what, over 21 languages? Yeah, I think it's wow. 25 or something oh now. Oh my gosh. With Arabic and Chinese and Vietnamese and Estonian for some mm. reason. So if anybody from Estonia <laughs> listens, hey guys, love it. And it's your, it's your first time here in Sharjah. It is. And the first time at the Sharjah International Book Fair. How has it been so far? What are your first impressions? It is. I wish everybody would see me like smiling like a sunshine yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> I love it. It's been so welcoming since day one. And 
so many nationalities, so many people from all over the world, all over the place. It's just, it's mesmerizing and it's so huge. Yeah. <laughs> When I was driven here for the first time, I'm like, oh, that's a big hall. And then I realized that's like seven other halls here. <laughs> yeah. And all the cooking classes and flower things and books from, from every, how many? 108 nationalities? Mm -hmm. or? 108 yeah. countries, yeah. Absolutely mesmerized. And every single person I struck a conversation mm -hmm. with, you can tell that there is a passion not just for reading, but just yeah. all of us being here together and learning from each other. You know, I'm massively into learning and just listening and that was, yeah, that really pumped my heart. And you've had work published and, and, and it can be quite a difficult um, whole process. Coming to an event like this, how impressed have you been with Sharjah hosting the Sharjah International Book Fair, a platform for authors, for creators to showcase their work? <laughs> From one to ten, bajillion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I never expected. Like as you said, it's my first time here. I've been to quite so many book fairs, uh, countries, uh, events, but from the organization to all the back office and the team and everything happening around, absolutely surreal. Mm. And you know what? My biggest decision paralysis here is that all the events. There are so many of them happening. So so many days, I actually have like, oh, I want to be at that. No wait, but I'm here already doing this, yes. and it's just. It's overwhelming in, in a good way, though. And I thought, wait, it's running for 12 days. That's quite a lot, yeah. but it's not. It could go on for a month and we would still be entertained, <laughs> yeah. especially for us sort of outsiders, quotation marks here. It's a great thing. I think part of what you do is also uh, talking about to people about how to work together from different cultures. Right. Am I correct with that? You are and, right. And you're here to see different cultures working together. Have you picked up on any inspiration over here or any... Uh, anything that could help you in the Except future. Except for delicious food. <laughs> uh, don't get me started. Yeah. Don't get me started about food. Yeah. <laughs> Please can we start it? <laughs> can we order some to have right here? Um, I think that the, the sort of the best takeaway was how many books you actually translate to different languages and how like different languages take on them and even how they change the covers and then talk about them and promote them and for example we have the book in Arabic language in different Arabic countries mm -hmm. and so how is how are they perceived how are they marketed and how people talk about them yeah. and I mean all of us look different nationalities sitting around different here being from different perspectives but again maybe are the the values that connect us all the the learning the sort of the the discovering of new things and I feel everybody comes to the festival really open-minded and open-hearted and it's just great to strike conversation I don't believe anybody just came in and out without talking <laughs> to anyone definitely. no definitely and, and you know the UAE is so international with so many different cultures and I know that you're uh, You definitely promote working alongside with other cultures. How is important? How important is it for businesses to embrace that, uh, and, and how beneficial can it be for the businesses to get cultures to work alongside? Thank you so much for asking. Absolutely crucial, especially in this day and age when so many things are happening online, and we're using the we're losing the human touch. Actually, the research shows you that not only when you hire more people from different cultures, but as well ages mm. from different backgrounds, you get much bigger results. And I'm not talking just creativity and good wipe in the office, but as well money, which at the end of the day is a different, it, that, that's an important thing. Mm. And so the more and more people bring something to the table, the different opinions you have. That's why I teach communication, because everybody brings something to the table. And if you learn how to communicate about that, that's when you grow, that's when you, you learn things, you see, it, you see them from a different perspective. All four of us would see one problem for a different perspective. Of course we're going to grow and, and you know, strive when 
you know, we will bring everything to the table. Yeah, absolutely. It's been such a joy having you with us, Adela, and we wish you the best of luck. We truly hope that you get a chance to see the most out of you. Uh, and the food. I think oh. the food. Yeah. You <laughs> just try the Korean coins. Uh, I knew I'm you just going to tell yes. you that, honestly. <laughs> I am going to do the workshop for dessert Korean cooking. Yes. Yum. <laughs> honestly, thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's been a great conversation. Yes, absolutely. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Shelf Talk with Louis, Umnia and Ivy, live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Center Sharjah.